Let us pray. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for how you have led us through the service. Now is the time to hear your word. I hide behind the cross, and I pray, Father, that you will grant grace unto the hearers. Let your word come forth and not return to your void. Give me utterance to speak forth your word, and let your name alone be glorified. Walk in us through your spirit to bring forth your light, to bring forth your power, that we may go and be the light of the world. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Teenagers, praise the Lord. Fathers, praise the Lord. Mothers, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for another 10th service, even in the year of 2022. God has been faithful and good to us. I want to thank the leadership of this church for giving us the privilege to lead and minister unto every one of us and for giving me the privilege to share the word of God. The topic for today is called Into Marvelous Light to Show Forth. And our text is taken from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Could someone please read from the King James Version? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. King James Version. Of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Living Bible puts it like this But you are not like that, for you have been chosen by God Himself. You are priests of the King. You are holy and pure. You are God's very own. All this so that you may show to others. How God called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So it's the King James Version that brings out that word, the marvelous light that we have been called into to show forth. Now the preceding verses, if we look at verses 7 and 8, it talks about a people that have rejected Christ. A people that have been disobedient to the word of God. They have not listened to God and they have not obeyed his word. And that's why verse 9 now talks about, but you are not like that. And it tells us, because of who we are in Christ, that we are now a chosen generation. Like it says in um, the Living Bible, you have been chosen by God himself. A chosen generation, that's what we are. You are priests of the king, a royal priesthood. You are holy and pure, a holy nation. You are God's very own. You are a peculiar people. You are different. You are not like the people around you. You are not like the world. You are different. And this is who we are in Christ Jesus because of what he has done for us. And if we look at Ephesians chapter 1, we will not read it now. It also gives us an explanation of who we really are in Christ. Verses 3 to 14. Going through it, we'll see there that we are chosen by God. We are holy and blameless in his sight. So you see these things keep reoccurring. It's telling us who we are in Christ Jesus. Adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. And this is as a result of being predestined. We have been redeemed through the blood of Jesus. We have been forgiven of our sins. Verse 7 says in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. We have been marked in him with a seal. And that is the promised Holy Spirit. And all of this is for the praise of of his glory, which is clearly 
written there in verse 14. So God has done all of these in our lives. We, when, during the praise and worship, we sang the song, We are a chosen generation. We are a chosen generation. I know who I am. So in this verse here, in verse 9, we have been told who we are in Christ Jesus. This is our identity. This is who you are. And the purpose is that you should show forth the praises of our God, who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. There is light in you that needs to shine. There is light in you as a Christian, as a child of God. There is light in you, wherever you go, that needs to shine. Wherever you are, as a student, in the classroom, in the lecture hall, as a trader in the market, as a tailor, as a seamstress, you have customers who come to you. As a hairdresser, where people gather, you are the light there. As a nurse, as a doctor, as an engineer, as an electrician, whatever job you have to do, whatever God has placed in your hands to do, there you are the light. And no, it's no job that is actually menial or too small or insignificant, insignificant for God to use you and achieve his purpose. Remember that Jesus had fishermen as his disciples. And they are the ones who carried the gospel. They walked closely with him. They learned from him. And they made an impact in their generation for Christ. And through them the word spread. We saw even in the book of Acts how God walked through them. And the message has carried on from generation to generation. And now, this message is here. And we are the light who need to carry on this message in our own generation and make an impact for Christ. So how do we shine forth? How do we shine forth? We need to consider, you need to consider yourself a stranger in this world. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, the beginning part, he says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which, against, which war against your soul. So there we are reminded that we are aliens, we are strangers, we are not part of this world. Now, for the likes of our brother Borebuka, who gets to travel to other places. Now, you get, he gets to another country, an African country for instance, and he begins to wonder about the way they live, the way they dress, the kind of food they eat. The language, it just seems so strange. But all of these are actually the culture of the people in that place. That is who they are. That is what makes them peculiar. That is what makes them who they are. That they can describe themselves as, for instance here, we call ourselves Nigerians. It is our culture. It is our food. Our language. Our values. Our norms. Our beliefs. Our habits. These are the things that make us who we are. As a nation. But then, if you go to a place and you see all these things, and you ask yourself, I don't understand. In fact, I need to hurry up with this work and get back to my own people and get back home where I'm used to what we do and understand what we're doing. In that sense, when you go to a place, you are the stranger there, not the people of that place. So in this world, we who are Christians are strangers. This is not our world. This is not our home. We are holy. We are pure. But in this world, there's so much sin. God has called us out of the darkness of this world. So we are different. We are peculiar. 
And God has put light in us. He is our Father. He is light. We are His sons. We are His daughters. So we have light in us. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So if we indeed are strangers in this world that is not our own, Paul has something to say to us there. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will. Now, the word conform, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, says to behave according to a group's usual standards and expectations or to operate according to a rule. So, if I may paraphrase this Romans chapter 12 verse 2, it's like Paul is saying to us, do not behave according to the world's usual standards and expectations or operate according to its rules or according to its pattern. Don't do that any longer. But be transformed by renewing your mind. Then you will be able to show forth God's good, pleasing and perfect will. In and through your life. So this is a call for us. Don't go according to the world's usual standards and expectations. You are different. You are light. And remember that light makes more impact in darkness. Here is bright. Lights, are, the bulbs are on. But it doesn't make so much difference. Imagine if this church, the auditorium, is dark and the lights were on. Then it would, it would make more impact and we would feel it and say, yes, this light is helping us to see what we are reading. To have a totally different mindset from the world, you have to spend time studying the word. For us to have our minds renewed, as Paul is telling us here as Christians, in order to show forth, we have to spend time studying the Word of God and to live by it. Studying the Word teaches us who we are in Christ Jesus, like we had seen in 1 Peter 2.9 and in Ephesians chapter 1. Studying the Word teaches us who we are in Christ so that we can shine. And the truth is, you can't give what you don't have. Remember, God is light. Jesus is light. So if you want to have your light, like we saw in the drama, at a point the light went dim. At a point the light went bright. So, for your light to shine bright, consistently, you need to study the Word. Praise the Lord. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Whoever finds it can read. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So that transformation into ever-increasing glory, letting the light get brighter and brighter and brighter with every day, spending time in the Word. Living Bible says, but we Christians have no veil over our faces. 
we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord and of the spirit of the Lord and of the spirit of the Lord within us we become more and more like him the more we spend time in the word the more we become like him and Jesus we know is our example he is our example now while he was here on earth and he started his ministry Jesus went at a point went on a mountain and he preached to the people that came to him which is popularly known as sermon on the mountain we'll see that in Matthew chapter 5 to 7 and in that sermon part of it is where our theme is taken from Matthew 5:14 you are the light of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden remember Jesus is our example so if he is our example and we know the word teaches us about him and is his word and we spend time in the word then we need to know what this word is saying we need to know what Jesus our teacher our example is saying to us at the end of the sermon on the mountain after Jesus has spoken to the people from chapter 5 to chapter 7 in verse 28 the crowd acknowledged that the teaching of Jesus was different from what they had known it was different because there they said that the teachings of Jesus were different from the teachings of the teachers of the law and they were amazed at his teaching because he taught with authority he thought with authority and as the people and knowledge this they knew then that Jesus was worth listening to and he was worth following and in Matthew chapter 8 verse 1 we see that the bible says the crowd followed Jesus even though it was a mixed multitude they had different reasons for following Jesus what they did now we're going to take a look at some of these teachings that Jesus gave which will help us remember we're saying conforming do not conform to this world remember that you are a stranger remember that Jesus is the one we're following and his word is what directs us his word is what we should listen to Jesus talked about various things and various aspects of life through Matthew chapter 5 to verse um, chapter 7. He talked about it started with the beatitudes where he talked about blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and a lot he talked about the us being the light of the world. He talked about us being the salt of the earth. He talked about prayer, he talked about fasting, he talked about adultery. He talked about divorce, talked about not being anxious and a lot of things. But I would like us to particularly look at Matthew chapter 5 verses 43 to 48. Now when that it has been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be the children of your father which is in heaven for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust for if you love them which love you what reward have you do not even the tax gatherers do the same and if you salute your brethren only what what do you what do you more than others Do not even the publicans so be you therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven is perfect amen the world says love 
your neighbors hate your enemies. That's the standard of this world. But Jesus came with a different teaching. And he said, I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your father. I'm sure we will all agree that this is a hard saying. How can I love somebody that constantly hurts me? How can I love somebody that has decided to be my sworn enemy? How can I love somebody that is so close to me, yet has betrayed me? Remember, Jesus was betrayed. He knows what it means to be betrayed. The Bible said he took a form like we are. And he was in every way tempted as we are. And he is the same person that is saying, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And that calls for forgiveness. If you don't forgive somebody, you can't even pray for the person. There was a day at work, I had um, one of our staff come to the office and we were discussing. There were some things she was supposed to do and she wasn't meeting up. And while I was talking with her, she broke down and started crying. And I knew she had difficulties. So what was the problem? Her husband, she was crying. How he doesn't meet up. In fact, he doesn't have a job. She had tried several times to help him get a job. And it just wasn't working. So she was the one fending for the family, doing everything. He doesn't even care. She kept on and kept on and kept on and kept on. I understood where she was coming from. I understood her pain. And I told her. Because I could see the bitterness. I told her, you have to forgive him. She said, how can I? And this is a Christian, young Christian lady who loves the Lord. That I'm sure of. But she was finding it difficult because of the pain her husband was bringing her. Because of his failure in his responsibility. But I told her, you can only experience freedom, true freedom as a child of God. When you forgive, you have to forgive him. And she wept more. I prayed with her and she left. And since then I've been trying to encourage her. From time to time, I will send her a scripture about forgiveness. I will talk with her. And I keep praying for her. So this has to do even with us as Christians. It's not just for unbelievers. And it's more painful when it is somebody that is close to you. But all the same, Jesus has said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who hurt you. Love and forgiveness are inseparable. For you to be able to love, you have to forgive. When we love and pray for those who hurt us, we experience freedom. And I am saying this from experience. Praise the Lord. You will experience true freedom and you'll be able to, you will allow the light of God shine through you. Unforgiveness hinders God walking through us. And it is another thing that would dim the light in us. Another thing we're going to look at from the Sermon on the Mountain it's from Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 24. Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 24. Where moth and rust does corrupt, and where teeth break through and seal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt. And where thieves does not break through, nor steal. 
For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the, the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either you hate one and love the other, or else you go to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and you cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say Praise to you, the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse twenty four, thank you. There are three major things that Jesus pointed out there. One, where is your heart? The issue of the heart. The next thing is, is it possible that you have light, but then there is darkness? Light and darkness don't go together. But yet, he is saying, If your eyes be bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, the light within you is darkness. How can there be light and darkness? They don't go together. Once there's light, darkness has to go now. But then Jesus is saying, If then the light Within you is darkness. How great is that darkness? So if there's darkness in the midst of light, the darkness is greater. That light is ineffective. The darkness has overwhelmed the light. Praise the Lord. And the next thing, the third thing is the issue of who is your master? These three are not separate. They are actually they are interrelated. There is there's a relationship between the three of them. One leads to the other. There's no, one is not standing on his own. That's why Jesus put them together. And it all starts from the issue of the heart. God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the outward appearance. So where is your heart? What are those things that you spend your time and resources on? That is the, those are the things that would define what your treasure is. Those things that are important to you. The things you place priority on. Those things are your treasure. And the Bible says where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. Where is your heart? In our women's WhatsApp group, I think that was last week or two weeks ago, there was a post there about a boy who wanted dental braces because his hero celebrity that he watches on TV was using one. His father had made him a promise. If you pass your exam, if you succeed in your exam, then I will do that for you. I'm sure several of us here, children, daddy has, or mommy has made a promise. If you pass your exam, and daddy knows you've always wanted something, he said, I'll do it for you. And that was the case with this boy. And the boy had succeeded in his exams. He had done well, according to the story. So the father took him to have the braces. And thank God for the doctor who had it in mind to ask, looking at the boy and he had perfect teeth, why do you want braces? And that was where the whole story came up because he saw somebody else. Somebody who he took as his idol, as his hero, a celebrity. That was where his heart was. So whatever this person did was good enough for him. That was his standard. That was where his heart was. Praise the Lord. As parents, what is the legacy we're leaving for our children? What are we teaching them? 
Where are we leading them? This is very important because it starts from the home. The issue of the heart. When we train our children, right? When we teach them the word, when we have a family altar where we come together as a family, we pray, we study the word, the hearts of our children will have no choice but to be in the word. And that will be our guide. Praise the Lord. Now, the dictionary meaning of legacy talks about money or property you receive from someone after they die. After they die. Most of the um, dictionaries had the same meaning. But I found Miriam Wester dictionary which had something similar to what I want us to look at here. It says legacy is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. Now when you say something is transmitted, it means that it has been moved, it has been passed on from one person to another or from one place to another. So what is it that you as a parent you're passing on to your children. What is it that you're passing on to your children? And this is not only about us parents, as fathers and mothers, even young people. If we look at the life of Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 to 7, Paul there, talked about Timothy and he talked about the sincere faith that first lived in his grandmother Lois was also in his mother Eunice and Paul said I am also I am persuaded now lives in you Timothy also so your parents can only give you good advice. They can put you on the right path. They can pray for you. But the final forming of character, the determination of where your heart will be, is a personal decision. It lies in your own hands as a young person. Praise the Lord. Timothy, is an example. His grandmother gave a good example. His mother did the same. And Timothy chose to walk in the legacy that his parents, his grandmother and his mother had shown. Praise the Lord. We're going to look at another person. Abraham. Praise the Lord. In Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 to 19, God gave a vote of confidence on Abraham. There he said, I know that Abraham will direct his children and household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. That was God's testimony about Abraham. That he would lead and direct his children and his household in the right, in doing the right thing, in the right path, to do the right thing and to do what is just. And this became evident when Abraham had Isaac. In Genesis chapter 22, we, we know the story. God told Abraham to bring his son, and specifically his son Isaac, because there was also Ishmael, but God was specific, Isaac, to test him. And Isaac went with his father, and along the way he said, ah, 
the fire wood and in his head he was calculating something is missing something is missing that means Abraham had always made it a point to have his son Isaac with him it was his lifestyle so his son Isaac was part of it by the time Isaac checked firewood not firewood though, fire to light put on the wood then the wood and he said father where is the lamb we can't go and make sacrifice and we're just going with fire and the and wood for it to burn then what are we going to place something was missing and we know Abraham's response God will provide for himself and God did but the point is Isaac was directed by his father Abraham after to keep after him to keep the way of the Lord and we also see that in his servant the chief servant in Genesis chapter 24 verses 26 to 27 he sent him said no i don't want my son isaac to have a wife from the people of this land he knew he was a stranger in that land he knew he was a stranger and he knew the word of god what the lord had told him not to marry intermarry with the people of the world where he was living he said no my son go to my people and bring a wife for my son and the servant went and along the way he prayed when he got to the land his servant prayed that chief servant abraham sent prayed when he got to the well and asked god for direction so whoever comes here and he said this 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 and as he had prayed the lord answered his prayer and by the time the interaction had gone on and Abraham and the servant realized who Rebecca was the bible said the servant worshiped the lord this was the servant of Abraham the lifestyle of his master had rubbed off on him i know my servant Abraham he would direct his children and household after him to keep the way of the lord by doing what is right and just how are we directing our children and our household what legacy are we leaving for our children's children When the Bible refers to God as a covenant keeping God, it says the God that keeps covenant unto a thousand generations. A generational thing. So it has to do with one generation after the other. And if we read through scriptures, we just see that is how God operates through God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. We can call him that. because Abraham directed his children and that legacy continued through his lineage praise the lord where is your heart if your heart is not right with god if your heart is not in the right place in the word of god if your treasures are not in heaven where the bible says we should store it The Bible, when Jesus was teaching the book of Luke he said that um, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of what he has your life is not about what you have it doesn't consist of what you have so if your treasure is in this physical things that will pass away the clothing mobile devices all of these things whatever they are they will pass away as long as it is 
has, is temporal. That's how the Bible describes it. They will someday pass away. Our hearts should be on what is eternal. What will last. Say, so store it up in heaven. It should be stored up in heaven. Where moth will not get into it. No rust. No mold. No spider. What are those things that grow? Mold will grow on it that you have to keep camphor to keep away the dampness. These are just the physical things. But it has spiritual implication. Where is your heart? Are you thinking about the things that will help you build your life? That will lay a strong foundation for your children to grow up in the way of the Lord. Lois did that. And her grandson, Timothy, understood that it wasn't all about food, what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will put on. It was more about eternal values. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. God has made available for us the grace for us to be able to direct our children aright. All we need to do is trust him. We know that there are a lot of things that would wear us down and make us weary. The concerns of this life, taking care of our children, being able to meet the needs of our family, pay children's school fees. It's becoming more and more difficult with the ASU strike and lecturers not even receiving salaries. So you can imagine if a man and a woman are both lecturers. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He says in Matthew, from verse 25 down, Do not worry. That's what Jesus says there. Do not worry. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Because it's when we begin to get anxious then our focus will move away from Christ and our hearts will move away from God. So we need to trust in the Lord. He cares. Praise the Lord. The third point there, the final point, is the light. I would like to read verses 22 and 23 from Living Bible. It says, if your eye is pure, there will be sunshine in your soul. But if your eye is clouded with evil thoughts and desires, you are in deep spiritual darkness. That's the point where it talked about if um, there is darkness in your light, then great is that darkness. If your eye is clouded, there's a cloud Imagine sun shining and suddenly a dark cloud comes up. The sun will no longer shine. You can't see the sun. The, the cloud will cover it. And that dark cloud, the Bible says, is the evil thoughts and desires. And it says, if that happens in your life, then you are in deep spiritual darkness. Remember, we're saying that there's light in you, but then there's a problem of the cloud of evil thoughts and desires. And it says, you are in deep spiritual darkness. And oh, how deep that darkness can be. Praise the Lord. Let's read Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 8 and verses 12 to 14. There's a cloud that covers the sun shining through. 
to eliminate. For they that are in the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are in the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, that, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be, if so be that the spirit of God were in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of us. He is none of his. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit Praise. is... Praise the Lord. It says those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. You need the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the word of God and its place in our lives to help us shine forth. Without the Holy Spirit, you're just like the weather out there with dark clouds blocking our view, blocking our light from shining because of the evil desires and sinful thoughts that are in our hearts. It is the Holy Spirit at work in us that will transform us and make us to conform to the image of Christ. And if by the Spirit, and if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. So we have an obligation not to live according to the sinful nature, nature but to live according to the Spirit of God. For those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Praise the Lord. You need to be careful. This issue of evil thoughts and desires, they don't just crop up on their own like that. A lot of times, it's as a result of the things we read the things we watch, the things we listen to, they take root in our hearts. And then the desires begin to develop. And those evil thoughts begin to form. Young people, you need to be mindful of what you read, what you watch what you listen to. Sometimes we feel these things don't matter. But the truth is there's a spirit behind some of these things. Be it music. What is the spirit behind that musician or the music that is you're listening to? There was one song, I can't even remember, but it it's, um, has God in it. And it was by one of these um, secular musicians, but it had God in it. I'm like, okay, but there's a song that you, people will sing or you will hear, and there's no power in it, even though it has God in it. Until I watched the video of that, of that song. And saw that they were masquerades. I said, ah, no wonder. No wonder the song does not have power to make impact in somebody's life. So it's not every song that has God in it that is a song that has the Spirit of God behind it. The person that is, the musician that is singing it, or the singer, is it a man or a woman that has the Spirit of God in him? 
So, will it allow your light shine? Or is it such that will bring darkness in your light? And will stir up evil desires and thoughts? You might say it doesn't matter. It matters. It matters. Because that at the end is where your heart will be. Because you will spend money buying those CDs to listen to the music. Okay, these days no CD. It's just everything is online. Talking about online, who do you follow on social media? Young people. Who do you follow on social media? It's not just young people, even us mothers, and I'm sure fathers as well, but more of the young people. On Instagram, who do you follow? When, it's, when you say somebody follows another person on social media platform, it refers to a user, that person who follows, the follow. That follow refers to a user who consciously chooses to see all the posts of another user in their news feed. Consciously chooses. Because you have to click now to follow the person. It's, it's not random. You make a choice to click and follow. Who is that person that you follow on Instagram? Does he or she have the Spirit of God in him? When things come up, because when you always, there's an alert now, so when you get, when there's a new feed, you will see it. So it's whether the one you like to see or you don't like to see, you will see it because it's there. You're following the person. So it's not a matter of the one I choose to see, the one I don't choose to see. No, it will come up. And what you see, registers in your mind and goes to your heart. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 10 verse 27 John chapter 10 verse 27 I'm rounding up. Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So if you are a sheep and you listen to, to the voice of Jesus, you are his sheep, then you need to listen to his voice. Then you need to follow him. And then you need to follow those who are of kindred spirits. Those who also follow Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. Praise the Lord. So we must be careful. We must be careful. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22. Still about following. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Flee the evil desires of youth. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness. Pursue faith. Pursue love. Pursue peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Young people, have you seen that? Flee evil desires of youth. Those desires we're talking about that form a cloud to block out your light. Flee those desires and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Remember, we said it's the Holy Spirit that will help us. Praise the Lord. 
Finally, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Verses 19 to 25. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like, and so on. I warn you, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who live like this cannot shine forth. They will still be in darkness. The light that may be trying to shine, there will be this cloud of darkness that will cover it. And great will be the darkness. I warn you, Paul says, verse 22, for the fruit of the Spirit, have you seen the Spirit now? Is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and self-control. The Spirit of God working in us will produce all of this that will enable us to shine forth. It says, against such, there is no law. Wherever you go, there is no law against this that can prevail. It stands because it's by the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God working in you to produce Christ-likeness in you so you can shine forth. He has been called you out of darkness don't keep dwelling in that darkness. Come out of that darkness and shine forth by the Spirit of God at work in you. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature. They have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. You see how these desires keep coming up. They have been crucified. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Christ lives in me. So the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Does that sacrifice not mean anything for you to give up? The sinful nature, the desires of the flesh. Praise the Lord. But those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, those who have the light in them, called out of darkness, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step. When he takes one step, you follow. He takes another step, you follow. That's keeping in step. Keeping in step. He says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us pray. Have you been called out of darkness? That's the first question. In the midst of all that has been said this morning, are you part of those that are the chosen generation.
This is a call now to you. If you want to come out of darkness and step into God's marvelous light so that you can shine forth and be who God wants you to be. Don't know if there's anybody here that wants to give his or her life to Christ. I want you to raise your hand while I call on the venerable to pray. There's somebody here who though has got the light before, but there is now darkness, and that darkness is becoming great and snuffing out the light. Because of the thoughts, because of the desires, because of the company, because of what you've been listening to, watching, and hearing, perhaps, whom you've been following. The light in you has gotten darkened. There's a cloud now. You can't shine forth. You can't speak out for righteousness. You can't boldly among your peers and colleagues say it's not right. Receive Christ. If you are the one here, just stand where you are. God is speaking directly to you. If you are the one called forth from darkness into marvelous light, the light has come. You've gotten born again, but your life now is in darkness because of the things you have allowed. Sometimes out of what others are doing and you have followed and you have gone into darkness. Evil thoughts, evil desires, sometimes evil company. Please stand where you are. That's Jesus speaking to you. Especially the teens. Especially young people. But every other person who is here is also out for you. You know yourself. Just stand where you are. Thank God for you. Is there anyone here also? As this message was going on, you have no light. The things we read in Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21, they are your own. You love the partying, you love the urges, you love the reveling, you love quarreling. Your life is usually riddled with all kinds of hatred, unforgiveness, things that show that Jesus is not there. Please, just stand where you are. Because this is a day of taking decisions out of convictions. Just stand where you are. We will pray with you. And darkness will go. And the light will shine brighter the more in the name of Jesus Christ. Just put your right hand on your chest as you stand. And say, Lord Jesus, I have heard your word. Crystal clear, shining bright into the recesses of my heart, of my thoughts, of my mind, and into my soul. My spirit receives your word. And this morning, I repent and I renounce every of the things I have allowed with my eyes with my ears, with my passion to follow after that are now darkening the light in my life and bringing a cloud. I cannot shine forth as light. My witness is dimmed. And Father, I am sorry. And I repent of it all. Forgive me. Cleanse me and lead me aright as I resolve to keep step with Jesus, following after him, going bravely forward, shining forth the light, holding forth the word of life in this perverse, crooked, corrupt, and evil-minded generation. Thank you. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, even so, let it be by the power of your word and the workings of your spirit in these lives, old and young. Those standing and those who perhaps out of timidity already have yet not yet made up their mind to stand. Those who are watching, Lord, let there be a turnaround. And let the light shine brighter and brighter again unto the perfect day of their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask you, I'm everything here. They face the greatest pressure. They face greater challenge in our days and times and those of us who are their parents have faced at our own time. Some they cannot control because of the influence of technology, because of the influence of the global village. But God, your spirits that has garrisoned them and made them your own has already chosen them and made them a peculiar people and make them a royal priesthood and made them a holy nation and made them chosen to show forth your light. Lord, we declare that they shall remain such in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we declare that their light in this generation shall burn brighter and brighter and brighten their corners and brighten their schools and brighten their academics and brighten their endeavors and brighten wherever you give them as a platform in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your grace. And thank you for parents. Thank you for role models. Thank you for the older ones here who are legacy leavers. Legacy leavers. Legacy of the world and of the true light of the Christ of Jesus. Father, help our hearts to be rightly positioned again in the name of Jesus Christ. Help our priorities in this changing and ever-changing world. Help our hearts to be fixed on you. Help our priorities to resolve and revolve around our heart. To follow and keep step with Jesus and will remain brave and live legacies like Abraham. We'll live legacies like Eunice. We'll live legacies like Lois, and we shall see a greater generation of men and women, young people, teens they are for now, following after and holding high your banner. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thy forever.